0: Hello, my name is David Tan and you're listening to Like the Color. In this podcast, we dive into what makes creatives of all kinds do what they do and how they got so dang good at it. On today's podcast, we have Jeffrey Jones, drummer for The Wildlife.
1: My name is Jeffrey Jones and I am the drummer for The Wildlife.
0: Have you been with the band the whole time? That the Wildlife has been a band. How long have you been doing that?
1: Yes. So, The Wildlife started, it started actually before the name was created. So, it was kind of started in 2015, 2016, just playing some solo acts with the lead singer, Jansen Hogan. Um, so, it was me, Jansen, and another friend of ours, Jason, kind of just started supporting Jansen's solo music career in college. And then 2016 is when the wildlife officially started, uh, with the name, the brand, uh, the business itself per se. Uh, and that was me, Jansen and Jason.
2: Cool.
0: How'd you guys, you said college, did you guys meet in mm-hmm. college? Uh, how'd you guys meet? How'd you guys start the band, I guess?
1: Yeah. So that's a, it's a really funny story cause. The college that we had, that we attended, it was Anderson university in a small town, Anderson, Indiana. Every summer they have a small little music business camp. Mm-hmm. So kids from pretty much anywhere can come to this and just sign up to be a part of the business side and the creative side of kind of what goes in the music business. So the year I went was the year before I went to college. And Jansen actually went the same year as I did. Mm -hmm. And the year before that, Jason went and so did Jack. And currently right now, Jason is no longer in the band, but Jack is still in the band. So we all ended up at the same college. And then that's kind of where Anderson University is definitely known for their music business. And a lot of music students tend to form bands or creative groups on campus. So it started for fun, just playing stuff on campus. And then in 2016, it was kind of like, let's just start branding it. Let's start releasing music online. Let's start playing local shows. And then in the summer when we're not in school, we'll just start doing little tours here and there. Mm -hmm.
0: Nice. So you guys just came off a tour maybe a few months ago now because of quarantine. It's
1: been been a minute for sure. Yeah.
0: How is... How's tour life? How does that look for you guys?
1: Yeah, it's um, like kind of right now what we're going into or how just how it was in general when we are on tour.
0: How it was like for the past few years. Sure. Just going out and sharing <laughs> your music, sharing your talents with.
1: Yeah. It's so and... definitely um, ups and downs. There's definitely better tours. Mm-hmm. And then there's some tours that are just kind of little blips in history of just I can't believe we did that because of how underrated and um not as appreciated as it was as some other tours. So the one we just did with Nightly was definitely one of the best ones and in fact uh, that was my favorite one and that was everyone else's favorite as well. Uh, even the guys in Nightly said it was one of their favorite tours too. Cuz that was just a very well organized travel city to city, had a schedule, load in time, sound check time, performance time and we covered the entire United States and driving distances weren't too bad. But tours in the past we've done, we've definitely had some drives that are 15 plus hours long and you're just taking turns driving and not luxurious. It's a lot of nonstop wake up, get some sleep as much as you can um, grab highway food, gas station food. We might have time to stop down, uh, at a nice restaurant for a nice dinner but a lot of times you're just playing catch up with time to get to the next city that's so far away so mm-hmm. tour life can be uh, hit or miss sometimes yeah. it's a blast and sometimes it's just you question how you got there and what you're doing but that's what makes it that's what makes the journey worth it in the end is knowing yeah. that you put you put up with all of that and got to see so many cities so many people and just perform all over the all over the nation.
0: Yeah. What do you think is like the best part of
1: tour? Best part of tour? uh, I mean, since we've been doing it for about four years now, um, it's definitely just uh, recognizing familiar faces um, and people that we've met from when we started and people that we just met last year uh, that kind of become distant friends to us Mm -hmm. um like you every time i come to philly or or just the east coast anywhere your name comes to my mind and would have never met you if i weren't in this band so because when you're on tour you get super homesick and there's a lot of things you miss and you miss your friends and family at home so the best part of tour is actually you know making these friends that kind of become family along the whole way so that when you're homesick and you're missing home and you're in an unfamiliar city again, you may have been there previously, but you don't know the town. Uh, yeah. It's when you get there and you see someone that you've met last time and you remember their name, and you remember their face. Um, you just talk,
2: mm-hmm. you talk
1: about their life, you catch up, they catch up with yours. And that's definitely the best part is just the fans actually become more, f- more so friends mm-hmm. and then part of the family as a whole. And it's just little reunions in yeah. every city.
0: That's awesome. What do you think coming back home and like starting to create more music when you first started to like now, has the process
1: changed at all? Mm-hmm. So like just, just kind of how we record and how we write? Yeah. Like has tour influenced that? I would say uh, definitely a little bit cause, I mean, it's, it's definitely individually for each person of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, Because the way that we write our music is uh, currently right now, Jansen and Carson, uh, the brothers that both sing, they'll definitely lay down the lyrics and, and melodies and chord progressions of songs. And then a lot of times we'll take instrumental influence from being on tour, just from being around another band for so long. Yeah. Like I'll watch. Um, Nick from nightly i 'll watch him drum and see what he'll do for a fill or a specific sound there, and i 'll be like i've never even thought of that mm-hmm. and when I see that twenty five nights twenty five shows in a row, I start to catch up and be like he's influencing me to do something in a similar pop music pop rock field, and I would expect the same from the rest of the guys in the band might take different influences from you know who we're torn with and even who the opener might be like a local opener might show up and hop on the bill. It's just kind of cool to watch and be like, what'd you do there? How'd you do that? And they just explain kind of their strategy of how they get a certain sound and put that in my music bank. And as soon as I get in the studio, I just remember an influence or something I want to add to our song that I saw live that I think would translate well with wildlife music.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that's like really cool that there comes a point where you get to when you're at a certain level in your art where you start like seeing other Mm -hmm. artists and you're not really thinking about like how am I going to go from A to B but like how am I going to incorporate what I like from them to make myself like better and I think that's really cool like the essence of collaboration within artists yeah yeah how do you get to that point because like when you're a beginner drummer, you're not really thinking too much about how I'm going to incorporate this guy's fill. I feel like you're mm-hmm. probably thinking more about like how to get your things down correctly before that. Like how do you how do you start to learn? How do you? What was your process like to getting to this point?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, my background. I mean, it definitely started with drum set. My the reason like I started drumming was because I saw a movie. Uh, school of rock have you seen school of rock with jack black yeah so so i remember being i think i was probably in fifth or sixth grade and a friend of mine was over and my dad was like you my dad's a musician so he was like you got to check out this movie and we all watched it Mm -hmm. and the drummer in it the drummer's name uh freddie jones it just yeah (laughs) he's kind of this rebellious kid and that's definitely who I kind of was when I was younger so I really connected with that and he was the drummer and I just thought it was so cool seeing what what the drummer does in the band and at a show Mm -hmm. and I just thought at that moment I was like that's what I want to do that was like the first thing in my life where I was just like that has inspired me more so than anything else and growing up I played a ton of sports soccer, cross country, uh, track and field basketball. And it was just like, none of this is inspiring me as like what a simple little goofy movie did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I joined percussion in middle school, cause you have to join
2: nice. band or
1: choir. You have to choose one of those two, uh, in Indiana. So just kind of stuck with that route. And it's definitely a rudimental side of drumming. So it's very marching band drum line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I did that for, like 11 years like middle school high school into college started studying it in college Um, and drum set was never really incorporated into that they they actually surprisingly when you're studying percussion and drumming drum sets not even like talked about considered yeah Yeah. it's it's like ah whatever like you don't need to worry about that you You need to worry about drum pad and just Learned yeah, how to so hit it. yeah the focus is so much on the rudiments the foundation um different techniques and all this stuff and i just it got to a point where it's just like i'm so sick of this all i mm-hmm. want to do is drum set and when i got to college they were like yeah we barely play drum set here and i was like you gotta be kidding me this is why i came to school is because yeah. i wanted to get better at that one specific instrument so i actually dropped out of the music school went to business side and then was like, my only hopes of continuing playing drum set was I play drum set for churches. I volunteer on worship teams, but my biggest hopes was hopefully I start a band or someone starts a band and I can just join and be like, Hey, I play drum set. I hope this works and I hope I'm good enough. Um, And that's literally how, that happened to where i'm at right now is i just Mm -hmm. i just waited and hoped that someone was willing to start a band turns out there were a few guys at college that wanted to and i was definitely a mediocre drummer on drum set like i was the stuff i do now like i would have never actually imagined that i could ever even get there and i just put in a ton of hours and focus and time into learning the whole drum set Writing on it, coming up with like my own style of things. Mm-hmm. So it's a long process. I started in sixth grade, so it's been yeah, it's been a long time throughout all of that.
0: And was that just you had a drum set and you just figured it mm-hmm. out?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. No, surprisingly, I, that was like one of the first things I got in sixth grade was a drum set.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then when I went to middle school and high school for drumming and percussion. I took lessons, but even the lessons teachers that I took lessons with never focused on drum set. Yeah. So the only time I ever learned drum set was just by ear. Yeah. Because even at that age, YouTube wasn't really a thing. So I couldn't just like, I couldn't Google like how to play drum set. I, the first thing I ever did was I went into my parents' basement put on a Foo Fighters song Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and just pause, play, pause, play, pause, play, and just broke it down in my mind with the sounds I heard. Yeah. And that was the first, first time I ever actually learned a song. I forget what song it was by the Foo Fighters, but I played it through and then I just had to tell everyone, had to tell my friends. Yeah. I ran down the street to tell another friend that was a drummer and I just plugged in the song and i was like watch i can actually play this so surprisingly all by ear for a long time and then yeah. youtube got created and all social media and it was like okay i can i can download tablature sheet music i can see how stuff's broken down bar by bar but when i started out it was all ear. so in this podcast
0: i've had so many questions and I found a lot of insight through listening to audiobooks. Listening to audiobooks while doing chores around the house, working out, or just going for a walk has been such a great way to intake information. I listen to my audiobooks on Audible. You can help support this podcast and start your free 30-day trial on Audible by going to audibletrial.com like the color. That's audibletrial.com like the color. There's also a link in the show notes. What do you think is, like, your number one thing to play? I remember at this last Philly show that you guys played at when you Mm -hmm. opened for Nightly, uh, Replace Mm -hmm. It, Forget It. Yeah. Honestly, if I could be, like, honest, (laughs) not, like, my favorite song. I'm not really, like, the pop punk. Like, I like the more pop, you know? Yeah. More pop side. Yeah. But, like, live, that thing, like... Mm -hmm when you guys go crazy at the end, like there's just <laughs> something about like being there there. There's so much more that you get when it's live and like you see it. And then when you exactly. add more to the track, you know? Yeah. What do you think has been your personal favorite that you've played?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that was definitely my answer for the first half of this year, mm-hmm. uh, replace it, forget it, playing that one live. And I definitely agree. Like even when, we recorded that song and it came out. I was kind of, I I like it. I don't necessarily absolutely love it. Yeah, and that's just part of being a in a band and putting songs out. Is someone else in the band is absolutely going to love that song, and I'm just going to like it. Uh, but it's it is it's different live. And when I start we started playing it live, I was like, oh, I actually found a new love for this song. Besides playing replace it forget it it was definitely either self-loving or boy on a phone yeah Uh, and those are definitely more of the poppy ones for sure it's just those those two were ones that grew on me tremendously through releasing it and then learning how to play it again and then playing it live and seeing people's reactions
2: yeah
0: like a boy on the phone i remember just like listening to it and like definitely more of like a lyric feeling Uh, you know like sure i guess some people are like this like the more sad it is you know exactly like the more you could like connect with it Um, yeah definitely hits me Mm -hmm. i definitely remember in the 2017 album ily when i think that was like the first time i listened to you guys and i heard uh, like two tracks go into each other and I'm forgetting yeah. which ones. And like the first time I heard it, I was like, this is <laughs> insane. I kept like going to people like, yo, you got to check this out. I would skip like right to the end of that song and just go like, uh-huh. this is insane. Like you, you yeah, see I people do it on like bigger scales, you know, like Hollywood Grammy <laughs> stuff. And then it's nice seeing that happen just like people, I don't know where you guys do it. I know friends that just record in their uh, basements and their in their homes, Uh you know, and like real people creating something that's so good and like thoughtful, you know?
1: Yeah, no, that, that means a lot that truly thank you for saying that. Cause that was, even when I heard it for the first time, I absolutely geeked out about it and was just Mm -hmm. like, Holy cow. Like we're, Again, this is stuff I only hear on master produced professional levels and being able to achieve that with, I mean, no record label backing, no previous money contributed to any of this. It's just friends getting together with other friends and producing it and taking influence from all that stuff and being able to like, oh, we can actually do this too in our own way wildlife is definitely known for putting in kind of like a ton of little Easter eggs of sounds. If you start to listen to it over and over again, or if you, yeah, if you listen to chronologically um, timestamps of a record and album that we put out more so than not, there's going to be a few times where like you'll hear a sound and you'll be like, how does it like, you might miss it the first time, but Mm. then you'll, you'll catch on to it. And it's like, those are the moments people at the live show just kinda wait for and they just love it. So
0: I feel like you guys sample like a lot and like put that in the (laughs) background. You know, of like your own songs. And I think that's like the coolest thing to do. Like, oh, I really like this and I made it. Like I'm confident in my work enough to be like, this is sick. I'm gonna put it in the backtrack of this. You know?
1: Yeah, it's pretty it gets pretty especially for the for drumming, it gets pretty crazy. The things we do Cause we, we've been in the studio this week and I've played, I've played on a step stool. I've played the literal wall mm-hmm. just on the wall, different sounds. I've played a lamp. <laughs> like I just start hitting things and put rhythms on it. And our producer John class is absolute genius guy's a prodigy for what he can do yeah and he'll just mix stuff and put it through whatever filter whatever he's adding effect to it and it will make it on the sound uh it'll make it on the recording so it's just really fun to see that come to life
0: yeah so you guys have been putting like singles out Mm -hmm. in the last few months yes uh into even last year i'm assuming an album's coming out sometime or are you guys just doing the single thing
1: um i mean right now it's definitely a little just kind of up in the air mm-hmm. uh, we're definitely we have a good storage bank of a few songs that are being currently worked on and recorded this week and will be this summer as well i don't know we'll just have to wait and see kind of if we what we decide to do definitely the pandemic and not being able to tour kind of puts in a lot of not, not stress, but just kind of a lot of adaptation of how can we be smart about this? Um, And trying to follow the trend of like, what are, what do people want right now? What are people listening to right now? Mm -hmm. Um, Because some people are heavily distracted and some people are, just at home chilling, waiting around. Um, don't have a lot to do right now. So they'll listen to a full album. Mm -hmm. Um, some other people are hustling and bustling and they only have time to check out a single here and there. So we're still trying to, we have ideas and it's coming together. Um, definitely not able to say what we're doing just yet. You'll probably see or hear something within the end of this year or early next year.
0: Nice. I'm excited. How would people, just in case like plans change, how would people be able mm-hmm. to follow your work, follow the wildlife, uh, where you guys out online?
1: Yeah, so definitely, obviously all the social medias, the underscore wildlife, see, there's no eyes. Spotify, obviously, follow on Spotify. That's where you're gonna see and hear the most if anything gets released. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, that's when we announce. A ton of things
0: thanks again to jeff for coming on today's podcast if you guys want to check out some of the music that the wildlife is putting out there are links in the show notes as well as a link to jeffrey's instagram thank you so much to brenton wayne Scott and the band jaden for providing this episode's music you can find links to their work in the show notes Thank you so much for joining today's episode. My name is David Tan, and that's like the color.